Welcome into the boardroom, Weagle's premier all-sports talk show. If you care about the sport, we talk about it. From Auburn football to the English Premier League, we discuss it all. Now sit back and relax, because the boardroom is now in session. And welcome in, everybody, to the fourth episode of the boardroom. Hi, my name is Griggs Blankenberg. Alongside me tonight, Nelson Early, Kyle Davis, and... Wait, I only said two other names. There's usually th- four of us on the show. What, what's going on? Where's Where's Connor? He's left us. Insane. He's, he's left it's us out. Despicable. Despicable. This might be our best show yet, though. So. <laughs> it could. Sources are saying this could be the best show yet. Hopefully. <sighs> Hopefully. Fingers but, crossed. But we got so much to talk about tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go ahead and kick it over to Kyle first. Like we always do, we start off with our precap of Auburn football. That's right. We fight. <clears throat> this past weekend, we fought the f- mighty... Mississippi State Bulldogs mm, mm. destroyed them twenty-seven to thirteen. Destroyed on the home turf. Uh, passing game looked pretty good comparatively. Two hundred thirty passing yards, twenty for twenty-six, hundred eighty-six rushing yards. Guys, I don't know about you, but Peyton Thorne, like we you heard here first, is the guy. He looked pretty darn good in that first half. I mean, he was he was letting it fly. Bounce attack, ran the ball pretty well, uh, protected him pretty well. Receivers actually got open, made catches. And made some plays. Um, it was a fun, fun game, fun game to watch. First one all year that's been against an actual team. Uh, it's pretty decent. Well, what happened to the Mighty Cow Bears? <sighs> well, that was pretty painful. And it was like a, they almost beat USC. They did. I don't. We, did, we didn't know that at that point. But it was also like one in the morning when the game ended. So fair enough. Yeah. So just talking through a couple more stats, Nelson. When this happened, we told you about it in the stadium. Um, and I and I've compiled some numbers here for for the listeners at home. We've had three home SEC football games this year. We have, we have, we have. We've had three. We've won one of them, lost two of them. And you know we're analytics guys, aren't we, Nelson? Mm-hmm. We are big, big sets. Yeah. So just just ran a few numbers. Um, we have two eagles that normally fly throughout the season <sighs> in Jordan Hare Stadium before the kickoff. And we've seen a lot of eagle flights, haven't we, Nelson Griggs? Yes. Lots of eagle flights. We have. Who would which which one of the two main eagles, Independence and Aria, would you say is the you know flies extra good? You can't you can't I think you can't I, power rank the uh, birds. Come on, uh, you I think can't. I think they're both can. equally amazing. But being the they're stats, both majestic. The, the, I think, but being the stats guys, we are. I think instead of loaning one of these birds out to a well, undisclosed hey, team, hey, not, hey, lo- okay. not loaning, we're uh, getting paid yeah. good money for that. So so that is a loan. We're gonna. I'm just I'm just talking pure. Eagle flight value. The independence doesn't doesn't she just she just hugs the edge a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? Oria, you never really know where she's going. I'm big, and I like that. I like I like Oria. You never know what's going to happen. It's okay. like usually we know what's going to happen though. Okay, I mean, okay. well, right. you don't know where she's going to fly though. All right, well, uh, let's just let's just get to the numbers here. Um, for some reason, independence has only flown one game, and that that seems a little odd to me. Independence is the the older of the two. You know why? That's happened. Is no Independ- idea. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> Independence has been away. Where? Where? In Philadelphia. Ah, I never flying, knew that. Flying, flying for another franchise. Oh, great franchise, actually. A winning and, one. A win- and Nelson. Oh, a win- oh, this weekend winning one. We might add. We yes. might add. Yes, yes. <laughs> and Nelson, I have two questions for you. Yes. Number one, how dare you? Um, <laughs> and number two, me, I didn't when can we get our eagle back? Uh, you got him back on Saturday. You know, the Raptors. We did. The, the, the great organization that is the Philadelphia Eagles gave – the Auburn Raptors sent her a chance to go and spread the Auburn message throughout the rest of the world and make bank while doing it. 
is there, there there's not a con to it at all. I mean, there's not. Who would have thought that a show without Connor would start with Nelson Slander? This is absolutely awful. Well, hey, well, hey, I'm, just, blindsided. Oh, I just I'm blindsided. I just said your birds won. Against, they did. I mean, but we expected that. Beat. <laughs> who we all picked last week, by the way. Yeah, we did. Um, you know, I just thought I'd bring it up. I mean, I think hopefully for the rest of the year, Independence will be flying. It, it could be the difference. Independence has to fly at the Iron Bowl. I mean, we got two more I mean, games. It has yeah. to, yeah, absolutely has has to. Has fly at the Iron Bowl. If, but if on that weekend, on Iron Bowl weekend, if Independence is we, in we Philadelphia, gotta, we got to check the Philly. We get. I'll check the Philly schedule. Yeah, Ooh. that it, that would be it would an be rough. Bad it, would, day. it would be rough. Independence has a close place in all of our hearts, and I do love. I'm that checking they're stats. using another great franchise, a great organization, to be able to spread the word. <laughs> but let's let's reel back in for at least yeah, one week of the rest of the year. We got two more home games. We should be able to beat Mexico State with with Oreo, but come on, fly I, I, I think fly. good. Yep. Okay, so the Iron Bowl is technically the twenty sixth, I believe, so. or the twenty fifth, something like one that. Of those oh no, oh no, oh oh no. Is it a home game? And it's a big one too. Oh no, it's the Birds versus the Bills. Oh, oh I mean, no. oh no. no. Well, it, it is over. Nah, yeah. nah, she's not gonna fly for that. That's the biggest I, I, game they got Nelson, left. Nelson, for your sake, I hope she does. Besides <laughs> the one this weekend, that is the biggest game they have left on their schedule. Can we talk about the actual game, though? Okay, not, yeah, uh, yeah. Not a bird. Not I, I, a bird. I, I, yeah. Let's bring it back. Let's bring well, it back. Yeah, another well, stat. Another number. I have another here. number for us. Another number. Peyton Thorne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number three in the PFF <laughs> passer ratings this week. I love the Of their rubbing, sh- rubbing elbows with the Heisman candidates. People are saying. People are asking. People are saying. Maybe six or seven weeks too late, but... Definitely an impressive game. It was. It was. You know, I love the propaganda that the Harvard social media uh, manager has done, uh, putting number the big number three and then putting PFF or whatever the week it was in very yeah. small print. It was great, but he he looked really good. He uh, was very comfortable back there. You could tell that he didn't think Robbie was going to come in out of nowhere, and he was just slinging the ball around. He was distributing it. I think only I think eleven players had catches on Saturday. A ton of them, and it was due to good routes, good concepts, good timing. Some good throws. Yep, you're right. 11. Just counting them up. You know, the most impressive pass for the whole game for me was the seven-yarder touchdown to Jeremiah Cobb. Just right over the shoulder into the breadbasket. It just looked beautiful where, we're, where was, we were sitting. It was great. That, I mean, that P.I. throw at the end of the game, though, was oh, <laughs> yeah. just kiss. Uh, very important <laughs> for some people. But, yeah, that was that was a great-looking pass. But, no, just, I mean, he did impress, he did impress me this week because he needed a game kind of like that to just prove – some of the doubters wrong me. Twenty for twenty six, two hundred thirty yards, eight point eight yards on average, three touchdowns, and the big key for him this year: no turnovers. Exactly, and yep. I I think that the throw to Var for that second touchdown was honestly more impressive for me at least because we've gotten since probably Jared Siddham, um since we've seen the Who? guy throw the ball like that. Oh, Auburn okay. legend, I'm, I'm Jared Siddham. I'm kidding. Oh, come Should on. have been the Raiders quarterback. <laughs> Should have probably. <laughs> uh, that throw, he was pretty open. There was a safety to his inside and a corner behind him. Uh, I've seen a lot of Auburn quarterbacks throw that either out of bounds or into the end zone. Some of them are still on the roster right now. <laughs> um, to be able to complete a wide open pass 40 yards down the field, it was, just, it was a breath of fresh air, honestly. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it it just looked like a more complete performance. I think that's I think that's to the point that, you know, the, the caliber of team we played in the SEC this year, you know, has been pretty tough. To the to now we're playing uh, Mississippi State. Hopefully we can keep it going against Vanderbilt. Another thing that I thought was was really great to see was Jarquez had a great week rushing, mm-hmm. 144 yards, eight and a half yards per carry. That's huge. Don't let him get hot. Blew out his next game. Blew his next best game out of the roster. Um, was still only 17 attempts. 
if he gets going late so that we can depend on him to open up the pass game, especially against the, in the Iron Bowl, and it could come up against Arkansas, that would be huge. Yeah, I mean, we have a oh, – we have one, two, three. We have a four-headed monster in the backfield. All guys that are SEC caliber who can do just about almost anything. And uh, if they can keep playing well, keeping Jarquez fresh so that he can run for 15 carries a game, with that burst, with that explosiveness, uh, it might – do wonders for our run game. Auburn's also, I think, number seventh or eighth in the country, averaging thirty-seven and a half percent of our runs. Our running backs don't get hit until three hours on the field, which is the complete opposite of last year. Yeah, that, that's and it's kind of surprising too. I, I don't feel like our offensive line is that much better. That that, that you know that uh, maybe it's just possible. that we were just that bad last year. Could be, could be that too. Could be that too. But now let's shift our focus towards. Nashville, Kyle, what are we looking at this weekend against the mighty Commodores? That's right. We are 12.5-point favorites going into Nashville. I'm a little worried. That that sounds like a big number, but, you know, all season, we I don't think we've, we've been a favorite all of – well, in the SEC, we've been a favorite once. This is our second second time we're going to play as a favorite. Um, I'm the, – the my what I'm watching for this week is does Robbie come in the game at all? He came in a couple times uh, this past Saturday with really no rhyme or reason for, like, one play, and then he left. It, it was just kind of breaking the rhythm. Peyton, when he came back in after Robbie came in, a couple times misses pass, and we, I think, you know, I think Robbie came in three times, two of them, that we never got a first down after he came no, in and left. He, so. he missed the read on, like, a power sweep play. That would have gone for, like, 20 yards, which he held is on irritating because that's one of his best qualities is being able to make reads in the run game. Uh, but to answer your question, I think I think he comes in a decent amount, not the same as you know the LSU and Ole Miss games where he comes in for a whole series. But this Vanderbilt run defense is not very good. I don't think he throws the ball at all, but I think we're good enough running the ball that we can put him in in like a short yardage or a ten and end situation and get yards with him. So but, I think he does come in. But my thing is, why would you put him in? Just because we saw what happens when a quarterback on this team is able to just get some momentum and just get like cohesiveness with the offense. I mean, I mean, if Jarquez runs anything like he did the other day, then what's really the point of Robbie? Because now it's going to get to the point where if we bring Robbie in, everyone really knows it's going to be a quarterback run. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he should, but I'm just saying he probably will. And also another stat, Auburn is the first in the SEC in turnovers forced. Vanderbilt is surprisingly second, which is very weird. So if we can not turn the ball over, uh, we're in, we're in business on Saturday. Yeah, I well, I mean, with Peyton Thorne's the way, just the way he throws the ball, he he's, it's unlikely that he's going to throw an interception. Maybe if it's going to be someone, I guess it'll be Vanderbilt because they're leading right behind us. And I see with turnovers forced. Kind of going back to Robbie, I like him coming in in the red zone package. I think that's especially against a not very good run defense where they know we're probably going to run it anyway. You know, once we get inside the five yard line, it's almost like Peyton Thorne is not making a pass. Inside the five, work out. It's I just don't a, feel comfortable. It's going to be a fade or like a yeah, screen pass. He's throwing it to the corner because he's not. He doesn't have the, I guess, confidence. I don't know what the word is to throw it across the middle right now in those short short situations. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, especially once we get inside the ten, bringing Robbie in just for, just because they're gonna, they know we're gonna run it anyway, just for the the option. And it has worked. I mean, it worked against Georgia. Um, it worked against you know some of the cupcake games, so it can work. It, it is obvious, but you know, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. But I would like to keep one quarterback on the field at all times. But they're the coaches. Sometimes they do they, they do more know 
know more than us, uh, as much yeah. as we hate to say it. Mm-hmm. But um, also, another question that I have uh, is who's going to be playing quarterback for Vanderbilt? There are reports that they're like supposed to be starter for this season. Could potentially play in this game for practicing. He has not played since September. I mean, did they beat Hawaii? I think, but I don't. I mean, he's practicing, but they Vanderbilt obviously probably has the worst O line in the SEC, and it was an elbow injury to his throwing arm. I don't think they put him in, even though our like rush, our rushing passer were not the best in the SEC. We're probably good enough to to pressure Vanderbilt. Um, I think they'd probably roll with the guy they played against. Uh, Ole Miss, I think his name's like Walter Taylor or something. Mm-hmm. I think they probably roll with him, just run the ball, see if they can get some offense going. All right, each of us gets 10 seconds each. Auburn, what are you guys taking this weekend? <sighs> Auburn, 21. Oh, by, by 21. So you're saying Auburn's going to cover? Yes, okay. Auburn cover. Kyle? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that too. Vanderbilt, I think I think we'll win by at least two touchdowns. Vanderbilt hasn't won the conference. I'm not sure they will. Yeah, I'm going to go Auburn minus 12 and a half. And with that, that'll be the end of our talk on Auburn football. When we come back, we have our highly awaited Auburn basketball preview. Yes, Kyle shaking his head for that. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into The Boardroom, everybody. You're hanging out with Griggs, Kyle, and Nelson. Connor, again, is on a plane high above the air right now listening to the show. Thank you, Connor. But... It's time to slander maybe a little bit more later. But, Kyle, what do we got next? We're going to talk a little Auburn basketball. Uh, we had an exhibition last night. I was there. Hashtag true Auburn fan. Whoa. Whoa. We're doing the work where you're not there. We're putting in the work. <laughs> okay, yeah. Behind um, the scenes. When, yeah. the, when the lights aren't on. Okay. Well, all right. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are, though. Here we are. Um, Auburn did win that game against Auburn University in Montgomery, 102-66. to A good old-fashioned beatdown. In the first five minutes, though, Auburn Montgomery caused a little – it just looked like the energy wasn't there for Scary. Auburn. Auburn off the start. Uh, Janai Broom went down with a with some kind of a shoulder injury. With a pinch, shoulder pinch. Yeah, uh, who knows really what that means. During halftime when he came out to, like, give everybody high fives, he was, he was really holding that arm in close, not letting the shoulder move, which was kind of really scary to me um, that he, he was that careful. Um, but looking at some stats here – Field goal percentage shot 49%, not awful. Free throw percentage, 72%. Um, we'll get to more details in that later, but something really bad that happened. Five for 25 from three, and four of those came from one person. That's Denver Jones. He went four for eight. Had a great night shooting from beyond, beyond the arc. Led the team in scoring with 18, um, kind of since Janai was out. You know, was I feel like Janai probably would put up that those numbers if he was playing. Um, Chad baker Mazzara. Came second with points, scoring 15 points. Um, went nine for nine from the free throw line. So just my general impression of the team, this is a classic Bruce Pearl team, right? If if the if we're connecting on alley oops, and <laughs> that should not be the thing you say second. Exactly, when you're comparing a team. Exactly. If we're connecting on alley oops, that's just how how the, these teams have been. And if we're shooting 35 percent from three, we're gonna win games. Other than that, I, I'm I'm kind of worried. I'm taking my hat off for this because we're getting serious. Oh, it's oh, serious yeah. time. I think uh, it was honestly when I mean, we shot 20 from three, which is pretty bad. But we also, I mean, AUM's not the best team in the world. We still shot almost 50 percent from the floor with only sh- making five threes, which is pretty impressive. Uh, probably without our most consistent three point shooter, Aiden Holloway, who is questionable for the Baylor game. 
problem. and big also problem. this is a team where if if one or two guys have an off night shooting, there's also three other guys who can pick up the slack, which we did not have last year. I think we had one or two guys who could actually make shots actually. So um it's not nothing too big to worry about. My my thing for worry, especially against Baylor, would be uh backcourt defense or guards. Will they be able to defend? because um, we know Janai and Jay Wool are pretty good on the boards and on defense. Will be will we be able to defend their guards is our biggest question. My thing is with this team, I mean we saw kind of what it was last year with we just once the three ball is not falling, we have to have the mental capacity and just be able to think about it like, okay, let's stop now. Let's not just keep hurting ourselves because that was a big problem with us last year. When the three was not falling, we just kept taking the shots. I mean, Denver has got a chance to be really good with that this year. I think Aiden will be a significant improvement on that. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, Janai made some good uncontested threes last year too. So that's not my biggest worry. My biggest thing is just finding just plays to do, like being able to move the ball without a point guard and just being able to just – It'd not be the same thing last year with Window Green. We'd get the ball, dribble around for about five to six seconds, pass, pass back a window, pass someone else, pass back a window. Clock's ticking down like six seconds, drive the basket, throw up some crazy shot. One third of the time it would go in, and so that just can't happen where we want to see that because I don't, I don't think this year will be as good as it was with Jabari Walker. Obviously, I don't really know how to compare it to the 2019 team because I didn't think I watched a single game of that. So. I think I just, it's I think it's close. Mm-hmm. It's close to that 2019 team where there's a lot of um, maybe not necessarily on defense. Not maybe the, more of the not, 2017 not and the 18 shooting. team, not the, the first shooting, year that though. we really emerged because there was a lot of great shooting on that team. The defense was kind of in and out, uh, especially rebounding. That's that's the thing about the Final Four team is that we weren't a good rebounding team. We were very small. This team is not it's a decently sized, but the rebounding concerns are still there. What they can do is score a lot of points, which is the complete opposite of last year. Um, and defense is one thing that Bruce Pearl's always kind of heralded himself on. So if there's one thing I want us to struggle in, it probably is defense because I think can get better. Yeah, I, you know, just looking at the guards, other than KD Johnson, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of scared of how the defense is going to go. Denver Jones, he looked like he could be a physical, you know, kind of kind of physical, especially on the long rebounds, but – I'm really concerned about him getting burnt a lot going into the key. Um, just flipping it around, though, some really bright spots that I saw. Chad Baker-Mazzara, I think he has real potential to work his way maybe even into the starting lineup. Oh, he's a starter. He's a starter. I think Simo got the nod just because he's a veteran. And uh, I think he's a very underrated player. But Chad Baker-Mazzara is lengthy. He can shoot. He can rebound. He's physical. He's everything you want a wing to be in the SEC. And so I think he eventually morphs into that role. Um, I mean, especially when we're talking about defense, I think Janai is just such a much bigger improvement than Dylan Carwell, just on mainly. I mean, the defense aside, I mean, aside, but like scoring-wise, that's just like, I mean, there was a reason why Bruce Pearl said, I got nine guys I think you could start right now at four <laughs> positions because one position was already held by our – First team preseason All SEC player, and one of the I think did he get second team All American? I don't know. Something one like that. something like. Close. But I just think with the defensive side, because with him over Cardwell, you just get so much more offensive production, and then more Cardwell's more of a liability down in the post. Where yes, his block numbers were pretty high last season, but also you have to look at his foul numbers as well, because those were pretty high as well when he was coming in getting 
around three fouls a game and off of 10 minutes of work. That's does not help Auburn late in games. And one thing you're not going to see this year, like you did last year, is when backups came in, there was maybe only one or two scoring threats on the floor. Like you would come in, there'd be Chris Moore, uh, Dylan Carwell, uh, Zeb Jasper, uh, and that'd be three of the five that just can't score with or without the ball. Uh, this year is a lot different. I think uh, some of your backups, I mean, Dylan's still here. I think Chris Moore has probably improved a little bit on the offensive side, at least getting uh, rebounds on offense and stuff like that. But then you have either Aiden or Trey who can score, you have Katie who can score, and then you have uh, Cheney Johnson who can really score. So you got you have threats, and you can keep your guys fresh, and then it'll be kind of a thing where each game there might be a different five that are in the game just based off how they're playing that in that certain game or matchups. Yeah, I I, so I definitely think, like, last year I remember when the, the second unit came on, it was like, oh, we just have to survive these next four minutes until we get somewhere. And and I see it changing a little bit, especially in the guards and maybe small forward situation. But once you get down to Dylan Cardwell, I mean, he was a liability last night at the beginning of the game. Two awful turnovers quick. And in 20 minutes, he played 21 minutes, scored nine points. Five of those are free throws. Very impressive. Very impressive. Uh, oh, <laughs> five very points impressive. Said, 20, from Cardwell? He had nine points. Five of those were free throws, and he played mm. 20 minutes. A well, big guy at play, all. Only played 20 minutes even after Jani Broom. What they are had we the doing? <laughs> they had the what are we doing? They had, they had the walk-ons. If he Come can't on. play, tw- walk-ons got four minutes. That is true. Look, he just said the walk-ons got four minutes. What are, are we running a small ball lineup? What, like, what's going like, <laughs> on? We'll if he, five, if five. he's only playing 20 minutes when our best player is out, there's just no confidence in this kid. Yeah, whatsoever. Would, yeah, he, you know, he, I feel like he thrives off the high energy environment. And last night, Neville Arena was not a high energy environment. <laughs> I mean, we were playing Auburn Montgomery. There was nobody there. But I feel like maybe as the season progresses, it, he, he will improve, hopefully. I don't know. Maybe it was just the, the moment that he couldn't get up for. But he did look kind of scary as a fan, as him being our backup five. It's a backup five. It's a backup five. I mean, Technically, I mean, we saw last night, Jay Will can run the five. We have enough length to be able to do that. So if he continues to be a liability, we can mix and match like a puzzle piece and kind of see what's the best kind of combination. For when that. I look at that and see that, it's just like, okay, Bruce does like to keep players fresh, not keeping everyone in for a long time. But, I mean, he's got to take a look at that five spot and be like, okay, we have our defined, no doubt, best player on this team. Could have been a mid uh, second-round pick in last year's NBA draft. And then we have Dylan Carwell, three- or four-time NBA draft participant. <laughs> he's, but, the, he's the first one to sign up. He's the first one to sign up every year. But the thing is with that is just, do you play – do you allow Janai to play 35 minutes? No. Do you no, allow him to play th- – No. I know you don't, but there is just a significant drop-off in that production, especially if we decide to go a small ball out. I know Janai needs rest and stuff like that, but, like, he is so important to the success of this team, and I just can't see Carwell putting in that little bit of effort. Yeah, but also on the flip side, there's not really a super dominant five in this league this year. Um, Castle, of course, is out of the league. Uh, Tolu Smith is the only thing that comes to mind, but he plays more of a four role. And he's injured right now. And he's injured for half the year. So on the flip side, if uh, you would want anything to be not your best part of the team this year, this year is probably your backup five. Uh, but I can still see him holding his own for at least 15 minutes a game to no. get to get Carwell some, yeah, no. uh, not Carwell, uh, Broom some rest. I do think Carwell can put it. Now, I'm more confident in him in doing, like, what, five minutes or five to eight minutes, maybe ten minutes, not what that is, but, yeah. 
Yeah, so we're going to move quickly here. We're going to do our hot takes. Uh, Getting a little bold here. Yeah, a little b- bold Auburn uh, basketball takes. Could be college basketball takes. Nelson, what you got? So I kind of mentioned him earlier a little bit. Uh, I think he might not start, but Chris Moore will be vastly improved this year, and he'll be a needed addition to our team. Uh, people call him the junkyard dog. Gets rebounds. Offensive and defensive side. Very good on defense. Very physical, and I think his shooting – has improved slightly to him be at least a threat on offense. So I'd see his, his minutes go up, and I think he'll be a surprise player this year. If Auburn can get, if mm, all right, I got one. If Auburn can get through this brutal non-conference schedule they have this year with one to two losses, this can be a team that can get a three or four seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, so I totally went outside the scope of what you guys did. My hot take that I had prepared was Bruce Pearl teams are not made to win NCAA tournament titles. I think someone would agree with you right now, but he's not here. Yeah, so, um, so I, I'll I'll contest a little bit. Uh, we haven't. Bruce Pearl's an enigma. Um, he has a formula to win, <laughs> and uh, he hasn't really built a team around that formula these past few years. Even with Walker and Jabari, like his 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 games are, are built to run fast in the full court, and his guards be able to shoot. And we haven't really had that in a while. This probably is the first time since that 19 team that got routes of attorney run that we've had guards that are shooting threats. Yeah, so. I, I think I think this year we could have something just with how many scoring threats we do have, but it's just like our, our offense is not super organized. It kind of like lets them play, and once you get in a tournament environment, I don't see how that works out. Griggs is literally jumping over there. We told Griggs he would have one minute, 60 seconds to talk about his Carolina Panthers. Griggs, you are on the clock. Yes, and I'm going to mute my mic now for these two. The Carolina Panthers destroyed the Houston Texans this past weekend, winning on a walk-off field goal. It was glorious. The so-called C.J. Stroud fans were furious because guess what? Griggs Blankenberg came with the stats to pull it up on why Bryce Young was a better quarterback this past weekend than C.J. Stroud. Allow me to demonstrate. This, This is from Mike underscore E underscore K on Twitter. Despite facing constant pressure, Bryce Young outperformed C.J. Stroud in completion percentage, passing touchdowns, passing yardage, and passer rating today. While also Bryce Young did not have any interceptions, fumbles, or anything, you guys lost your bet. Griggs won. We're on top. The Panthers are rolling. Bryce Young is the future. Better than C.J. Stroud by the transitive factor. And with that, we're going to get in this segment right there. When we come back, we have a new college football segment we're going to debut about the hot seat or not. We're going to talk about college football coaches and where we see them. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the boardroom. Everybody again here with Griggs, Kyle, and Nelson. Connor is still gone. He's away on an airplane right now, far, far away. But let's go ahead and get into our next segment. Kyle, what do we got? So we're, we're, this is a new one. We're going to call it How Hot Is That Seat? We're going to talk about a few college football co- coaches whose seat may be getting a little warm. First, we're going to start with a popular one, Davo Sweeney at Clemson. This week, they have Notre Dame at home. Nelson, how hot is that seat? Uh, it's uh comfortably lukewarm. Mm. It's getting there, but yep. he's uh he's brought that program from the ground up. As he said, he was the lowest paid coach in the business when he got there, which is questionable, but I digress. Um he's done he's been everything for that program. They were nothing before he got there and might be nothing when he leaves. So their expect- their expectations are way too high. Now they are giving him a lot of money and their facilities are great, and so their program is very like high on the rankings right now. But they at least give him 
three like last year was uh, he underperformed, which still make an Orange Bowl is still pretty good. This year they'll probably go six and six. They're gonna lose this week, but I still say you get at least one bad year before you get the boot. So he's not on not the hot seat. I'm agree with Nelson. Just the the way he's just built up that Clemson program since Bowden left. It's just really, yeah. I mean, I I like Davos Sweeney as a person. I think he's misunderstood a little bit, and I don't like him as a coach too much per se. But as a person, I think he's a little misunderstood. But yeah, this is not one of his good teams. I mean, it wasn't DJU. We found out it's not DJU. It was not the fault. Uh, it was not the problem. It was not at fault. So yeah, I'm saying no hot seat for that. Yeah. So you know, I gonna I feel like I gotta go the other way here. So Dabo, since he's been at Clemson, has not has had a losing season and has not had a losing season in the Atlantic Coast Conference. College football's changing. I don't know if Dabo wants to adjust. I, I think he'll he he'll he'll finish out the season probably six and six. They have Notre Dame at home, Georgia Tech, UNC at home, and then out South Carolina. I think they're able to win two of those games, if not three, keep the winning record. Um, but you know, Clemson, I just feel like they. They could leave him out. I don't think it'll happen, but I think you should definitely be concerned and be in the portal and on the recruiting trail um, probably more than you should be caring about the UNC and South Carolina games. just going to say it. Wow. Next, how hot is that seat? Jimbo Fisher Ooh. at Texas A&M. I'll start this one. Yep. Jimbo, this game on Saturday against Ole Miss is a must win. If Ooh. you do not win Ooh. that game, if you do not Ooh. win that game – you're you're probably toast before the LSU game, honestly, because the the big oil, big oils are scratching and clawing to get your butt out of there. Um, show them that you at least have some moxie and some some grit, and go into Oxford and it's a fraudulent Ole Miss team, I might add. Um, but we lost to them. So. Uh, we we're also in a rebuilding year. This is, this is re- rebuilding the brand this year. We can take a rebuilding loss. Rebuilding the brand. Um, Jimbo, you better win with. I mean, they have more talent on their team than Ole Miss. That's a fact. They have more talent with their star rankings and everything. If you don't go in there and win in a high school stadium at, at Valhemingway, you're done. You're done. Your seat's pretty hot. Um, Kyle, you go first. I got to look up a stat. Okay, look it up. Texas A&M. While he's been at Texas A&M these five years, he has not had a losing. Well, he's had one losing record, and that was last year. We're getting to that point, kind of where Dabo might be in next year, where he's had his bad year. I'm I'm legitimately scared for Jimbo Fisher. I feel like they may have a little grace with Ole Miss just because Ole Miss has been surprisingly good this year. I think they, they are ranked higher than they should be, and Texas A&M should have a chance. They should win this game outright, but just the state of Texas A&M right now, I don't know if they can. I think if they lose to Ole Miss but win out, which is beating Mississippi State and Ab- Abilene Christian at home and then winning at LSU, if they can win out after the loss to Ole Miss, he might hold his seat, but I think he really has to win them all to stick around to Texas A&M. I think for me, I was looking at what their record was. It is five and three, and they do still have to play Abilene Christian. So I don't think he's. They think I think he will make a bowl game this year. So that means he'll at least finish five hundred. But I'm kind of agreeing with Kyle. I think he not has to win all of them because I do think at Death Valley is going to be a hard one, but. I think he at least has to go seven and five. So I mean, you can't lose to Mississippi State at home. You just can't. Yeah, I mean, if he beats Mississippi State and, and because, Abilene Christian, that gives him seven because, wins. Yes, Big but, Oil does have a lot of money, but like, dude, that's like a lot of money they have to pay. It wasn't ninety million. It would go down to like I think around closer to eighty. So yeah, they would take they would overtake it, Auburn spot for paying off 
the highest paying off of coaches, I think. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be it would be pretty tough for them. We're gonna move it on quickly to the next one. Billy Napier at Florida. They have Arkansas this week. I'm gonna go ahead and give you the record while we're here. He's had two years. This is he's in his second year at Florida. Year one, he went six and seven, three and five in the conference. Right now, they are five and three, three and two in the conference. Already matched their win total of last year, but they're facing Arkansas at home at LSU at Missouri. I don't know, guys. Oh, if he loses this, I'll go ahead and say if he loses this weekend, dun, 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 because yeah. he's not winning any of these last three games I, I, at, at LSU, at Missouri, and then at home against I think the best team in the ACC and the best team, one of the best teams in the country, Florida State. So if he doesn't win this weekend, that means they're not going to bowl game. He will not. He will be unemployed. Like the Ole Miss game was a must win for Jimbo. Arkansas is a can't lose. Cannot Billy lose. Napier. Cannot, cannot lose. You're lose. probably not going to win the rest it. of these games. I think if he goes six and six this year, he gets one more year with the recruiting classes he's bringing in. Uh, you can't lose to Arkansas. That just shows ineptitude with a team without their OC and, as we might say later, probably not their head coach in a few weeks. Mm. Um, mm. You can't lose this game. Arkansas is not good. You're more talented than them. You're better coached than them, which is saying not as much as you would think. You can't lose this game. Usually he's a little bit it's a little bit bubbling. Yeah. It's just gonna be so tough. If he goes two and two in these last four and wins his bowl game, I can maybe see them giving him another year, but if he can't do that, I think he's gone. Because that was one of the premier teams of the two thousands. Yeah. Florida just the fall from Grace has been I mean ever since Hopefully we won't be joining them soon. Hopefully we'll <laughs> regain some relevance. We'll have to figure that out <laughs> soon. But yeah, Billy Napier. Hey, thank you for not choosing us. Yep. I guess All right. so. Kyle? Next. Sam Pittman. Mm. Arkansas, they're playing at Florida this week. I'll go ahead and give you the records here. His not as dazzling. His first year in 2020, he went three and seven, and that was when we only played conference games. Next year, they went four and four in conference, three and five in conference in 2022. And so far this year, he has not won a conference game. They are 0 and five, two and six overall. Ah, see, guys, they play at Florida, at home against Auburn, FIU, and Mizzou. I don't care what happens in these four games. He's gone. It's over, blood. It is over. Ugh. It's over blood. Um, but no, real. Um, I like Arkansas. They're probably my second favorite team in the uh, the SEC because my uncle, what? my uncle went there. My one of my favorite uncles went there. My favorite uncle. Come on now, dude. He, <laughs> Nate. Nate is awesome. I love Nate. Shout out Nate. But <laughs> but no, just yeah. Sam Pittman's got to go because he can't back this up. Just even if I don't, even if I think if they win out, just what Jerry's not gonna be really happy right now with. The performance. I mean, they're zero and five in the conference, guys. That's the, just brutal. The writing's not on the wall. The writing's on the barbecue sandwich that he keeps shoving in his <laughs> face. Uh, he's gone. Uh, he's not a good head coach. They got him from Georgia. See, and and and, 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 and that really falls on leadership at Arkansas. They're like, oh, the best, uh, the, the best teams, best coach, arguably position was Georgia's own line when they hired him. It's just the, the the ineptitude just to just pick him out. He's not even a coordinator. The ineptitude. He he's over one position, and coaching O line is very hard. I played O line. I've been coached by an O line coach. Coaching O line takes a lot of football knowledge, but you can't go into that. The to ball, coaching an SEC school. The ball knowledge in this room right now is outstanding. It's I mean, I mean it honestly rose a bunch with the 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 lack of somebody. Addition yeah. by subtraction. I can't. I can't yeah, put the subtraction. Yeah, them. the subtraction. That we had from our ball knowledge has gone away, so that's been nice. Kyle, uh, Kyle, what'd you say? Yo, you said he was gone. Yeah, I, it's right. no chance. Do we have enough, any more? Oh, no one last one. Now this one's a little, little out there. Lincoln Riley at USC. It's not that he's been bad, 
right? Last year they went eleven and three, eight and one in the conference. This year they're seven and two right now, five and one in the conference. They have a huge game this weekend that we're going to talk about later. So don't at home against Washington. I don't think they're going to fire him because he's bad, but I think they might fire him because he's not what they thought he would be. I mean, it, he showed what he was at Oklahoma. Like, this is the Lincoln Rally get. It's the same thing over and it over is. again. No defense from this USC. I think Nelson called it Swiss cheese defense it's last a deli. week. It's a deli. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I don't think he's on the hot seat. I mean, they just gave him a boatload of money to leave Oklahoma a couple years ago. I mean, he's produced quarterback talent. I mean, you've seen that. Get more of the USC brand back out there after. It's been in a decline for a little bit with Lane and I forgot. Um, Edo. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think especially now, since what USC is now, ever since Pete Carroll's really left, it's just they want to be just a household name, really again. And I think he gives them that chance. Yes, you're gonna lose three or four games a year, maybe less than that, but you're gonna have some really fun offense to watch. But so I don't think he's on the hot seat. I'll I'll come in with a spicy take. Um, no, he's not on the hot seat. But just like his uh, counterpart at Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. In the next three years, he'll be in a, he'll be in the NFL in some capacity, whether it be a head coach or what he's been born to do, just be an offensive coordinator. Don't even worry about the defense. In the NFL, I mean, you have input, but the GM is the one who gets the players. I mean, you can motivate people, but unlike in college where you have to recruit your players, unlike a certain head coach that we had in the prior years, you have to actually try to recruit your players. Someone on the boardroom tweeted at him today. Uh, they did. It was spicy. It I was spicy. Just... The Joker himself. Mm. Um <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he, it's it's the same note all over again. It's kind of hilarious how I mean, Einstein called it insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, but something different. Uh, there's there's no defense. The offense is amazing. And it's fun to watch. Great for Pac-12, Pac-12 after dark. But uh, buddy, uh, you actually have to have a defense, and uh, I think he's gonna realize that and take his time to the NFL, where it's a lot more. A little more laid back with the talent acquisition part. So yeah, I see there being a little tension in the next couple years. I, I mean, we're gonna pick them later, but they got a tough little stretch coming up. Um, one last thing though, before we go to break, we do have a man in the air, show correspondent in the air, and no, we're not gonna listen to him. He has confirmed that Independence is not currently in Philadelphia. How can he see that? It's a he's, Thursday night. He's, little, he's in the don't air. play till Sunday. He's in the air. Eagles are in the air. Oh, uh, well, the eagle, the well, main eagle, yeah, right here. So, so he's not there. There. So Independence there did not fly from Auburn to Philadelphia. Is what Connor is getting at. That's yeah. that's really great. It's almost so like groundbreaking. Goodyear blimp. Thank you, Connor. It's almost like there's you know Raptors and employees that are with Independence at all times. Again, it's not like he can't just fly, non, can non, just fly straight to Philadelphia. Non eagle knower. I'm the biggest. Ooh, I'm no, the biggest. Ooh, I'm, no, no, I'm no, the biggest I'm eagle talking, in the room. I'm talking about Connor. Oh, thank you. Thank no, you. No, thank no, you. no, no, no. Connor, 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 pick, Connor picked up. the commies over the Eagles when he had a layup when as a child. <sighs> no, no. Well, we all we all did pick the Eagles last week. We did all. Pick no, I'm the talking about as this main team. Yeah, oh, 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 chance. But who are we going to pick this week? That's coming up next. I accidentally muted them before that. I'm sorry, guys. I had to cut the break. Sorry, I did not mean to do that. Uh, when we come back, we have our pickums. It's our last segment of the show. We're going to give you our picks and previews for the games, biggest games this week. So do not go anywhere. Last segment of the boardroom is coming up. You're listening to the boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the boardroom, everyone. You're hanging out again, final time for the day, with Kyle and Nelson and Griggs. So with that, we're just going to go ahead and get straight to our picks. Mr. Kyle, 
Let's hear him. First, we're going to give a little leaderboard update. This past week. Interesting. Kyle scores three points. Mm. Greg scores two. Mm. Connor scores three. Mm. Nelson scores three. Ah. That brings our totals. Nelson eight. Connor eight. Greg six. And Kyle six. We had some, so we we had some trash talk in so, the group chat earlier. So, it was so, funny. Nelson, so Nelson is in first. And He's no, the supreme ball knower. Because I know ball of multiple sports. I do, sort it, I do sort it by reverse alphabetical order. So that does theoretically put you above in the rankings than Connor. Congratulations on being in first. Uh, Good job, Nelson. Nelson. I'm Good telling job, you, Nelson. ball knowledge, it stays with me. I hold down the fort. Connor, <clears> you, can just stay, you can just stay in Philly. So this is mm. a monumental week, especially for me and Greg's. The gap, there's a gap now. We got we to close it in, Griggs. Okay? We do. First game, Washington, minus three versus USC. Connor sent in his picks. Do I give it to you first? Give it to us first. Give it to, give it to us first. first. He is taking Washington minus three at USC. Nelson, what do you think? It's the easiest thing in the world. This, I mean, it'll be like a 60, like a 50 game, but it'll be in favor of Washington. Hammer Washington minus three. Lincoln Rally has something up his sleeve, but it's not on the defensive side of the ball. Um, give me the Huskies. I'm gonna have to do some risks here. I'm going USC plus three. Oh wow! Huge. Because again, with Washington, like last week, did anyone watch that debacle against Arizona State? They're not trying to. They're just not. Or, it, it, see USC it was debacle raining. against Cal. It was raining. It was raining. You heard, <laughs> it was heard raining my narrative in the Arizona State game. It was raining. It was oh, it's raining in Seattle, Washington. Oh my goodness! They're playing this in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, so. that is a, that is a fact. Hashtag not a big rain state. So a weird stat for you before I get mine. They have not played one another since 2019, and when that happened, it was in Washington. Washington won it. I think Washington wins. It goes goes along with my college football playoff narrative. I need them to win this game, and I'm fading Griggs, so it could be the difference. All right, next LSU at Alabama. Here's the stat: Alabama has not lost two consecutive games to LSU since 2010 and 2011. LSU won in Baton Rouge last year. Does Alabama keep the streak going where they don't allow it? L- uh, Connor doesn't think so. He's taking LSU plus the points, plus three in Tuscaloosa. Nelson. It pains me to say this. I just can't bet against Nick Saban. Mm. The track record's there. Everything's going until Ooh. today. Ooh. Old Nicky Poo on the Pat McAfee Show. Said some absolute bogus stuff about analytics, saying that the analytics only show you how you can win, mm. but not how much detriment it is if you lose, if you don't get it on fourth down, which is totally – I mean, his ball knowledge is uh, running away from as fast as he's going to run to his Jupiter retirement home in about two years or so. Uh, you say that now he's going to six more. Oh. Give me LSU. Nice. Uh, speaking, speaking on that, I did give him a little dose of truth on <laughs> replying to Nelson's tweet. Uh, that quote tweeted at Kyle Davis, spelled D-A-V-U-S. Mm, Check it out. You get a little ball knowledge. Plug God. You plug God. Got to get a little. uh, If you want some ball knowledge, uh, check it out. I'm also going to take LSU here. I I just can't pick Bama in this spot. Um, I think, I think Jaden Daniels is going to be the difference. He hasn't had a passer rating over under 200 in the last five games. I think he's going to be the difference, especially heating up for the Heisman race. I've been known to be so far this show in the past like year, not by any choosing my own, I've become the quote unquote Alabama synthesizer sympathizer. Yes. Because my pro teams now all have people from Bama them like key spots. But I do think this game will be interesting. is this at is this at the six o'clock or the two thirty? It is a night game. I'm rolling with the tide. I'm gonna go Alabama minus three in this one. I just don't see Nick Saban <laughs> losing back to back games to an opponent for the first time since 
the Boilermakers of Purdue with Drew Brees back in the day when he was still wearing the yellow and purple of LSU. So no, that was State, actually. Was it? I don't think it was. No, it was LSU. LSU played Purdue in back-to-back years? Yeah, man. That's insane. It was a home-and-home. Oh, wow. Home-and-home. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Alabama here. I don't think they'll lose back-to-back games at home. And I think this tied defense could get something for Jane Daniels because it would be interesting because Cooley McKinstry, very, very good at football. I think without – yeah. but so I'm going. Is he going to be a Carolina Panther next year? (sighs) Don't put that – no, he's going to be a (laughs) first-round pick. So he won't be a Carolina (laughs) Panther next year. Got you there. All right, what's the next game? Next one, we're going north. Going north. Iowa at Northwestern. Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Over under points, 30 and a half. I'm going to tell you first, Iowa games have hit the under six out of the eight times this season. Northwestern has only been under in three of their eight. This number has plummeted lower than I think I've ever seen in college football. Point total. But Connor's still taking the under. Griggs. Well... Wrigley has a meaningful game in November this year, which is a great thing to see. <laughs> Seven years ago today, the Chicago Cubs took home the first World Series title they had in 100 You already had your years. minute. I have multiple minutes. I control the board. <laughs> he who controls the board controls the Dictator. time. Dictator. I'm not Connor with DSP. But anyway, so um, <laughs> that was a joke. But yeah, seven years ago today, greatest day of my life. Um, but I'm going to go with the under as well. It'd be... I mean Iowa and Northwestern that just screams no that just screams punting and who knows will we get a punt in the basket at Wrigley? We'll see. That'd man, be a cool sight to man, see. Man, you know, you don't get here by mistake. You don't get here by playing it safe. Doing an obvious choice. Brian Ferenz, notorious and illustrious Iowa offensive coordinator, is getting fired at year's end. If that was me, that would make my blood boil. I would show them in the next few games what they're missing out on. So, of course, in this amazing Big Ten matchup against powerhouses with nothing short of controversies and in- interesting stories <laughs> no, no, no. surrounding both programs, I'm taking the over, baby. Mm. Give me the over. Hammer it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in kind of in the same vein. I think just the situation – is begging for the over to happen. Um, you know, and Northwestern has consistently hit the over, so I'm thinking that, you know, they're going to get pulled up by Northwestern here. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but I think we're going to score more than 15 apiece. So I'm going to take the over as well. Next, Ooh. we are going across the pond. Oh, we are. To, oh, to Guten Tag. Frankfurt, Germany. Guten Tag. For Dolphins brats. against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by a point and a half. Connor. Is taking the Chiefs. The Dolphins have not beaten the Chiefs since 2011. Mm, long time ago. That's a long time. Connor's using the stat. He's taking the Chiefs. Nelson, who you got? So records are meant to be broken. Yep. Not only that, but teams who travel to their destination across the pond on an earlier date are 2-0 and this year in games, I believe. I don't know. I think the Ravens got there before the Titans, and uh, the Jaguars got there before the Falcons. It was reported three sources that are confidential, a.k.a. the internet, that the Dolphins got there before uh, the Chiefs. Give me the Fins. Wow. I'm going Fins plus, what was it, one and a half? One and a half. Going with the Fins. I mean, this is a huge game for them. Can they beat a team with a winning record? we got to find out this Sunday. I think the 70-point game for the Dolphins is an anomaly. Chiefs are going to take it. They're heating up. They're figuring out the wide receiver situation. They just lost last week. Uh, To the Broncos. 
Okay. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, no. no. They're figuring it out. It's a blip in the road. Hey, I've been saying all year Russell Wilson's not a fraud. All right, bring uh, it back. We have a minute. We have a minute. We Bills do have a minute. at the Bengals, minus two and a half. Here's your stat. In their four games since 2015, the winner has alternated. Last time they met, the Bills won. The Bengals are due. Joe Burrow's that's back. Not, that's not true. I'm taking the Bengals. Canceled. I'm taking the Bengals. Game got canceled. What are you talking about? Game got canceled? Yeah, that, the whole the Baltimore thing. It got canceled. The last they stopped the game. No, no, the last game that finished. Okay. The last ah, game that was completed. Okay. The Bills won. It's time for the Bengals. Connor got the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals. Nelson, who you got? So the Bills made some additions at the trade deadline that were pretty impressive, but it's too little too late. I don't think they'll uh, be there quick, quick, quick enough to make a big difference. Give me Joe Burr and the Bengals. Joe Burr. Joe Burr. Yeah, I'm going with the Bengals as well on that. And with that, that is going to do it for our fourth episode of The Border. We want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Missing today's show. You check it out on your favorite podcast platform later on. But for until next time, for Kyle Davis, Nelson Early, I'm Greg Splankenberg. This has been The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. Have a great weekend, everyone, and War Eagle. Thank you for joining us for this session of The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. If you missed any of today's show, you can listen back to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next week, and this meeting of The Boardroom is officially adjourned.